Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have some special guests, Ryder, Jacob, and Lana. How's it going? Good. Good. Good to see you guys. Where are you guys from? Santa Cruz, California. Santa Cruz. The Santa Cruz locals. <laughs> I'm from Florida originally. Wow. How was that move? Uh, it was good, man. I was uh, 24 and met my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, um, and she was like, hey, I want to change. Let's, uh, you ever thought about going out west? And I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to go surf California. And so a couple weeks later, I was quitting my job and... We threw a dart at a map and kind of came out, landed in the Santa Cruz area. We uh, initially hit Soledad. <laughs> I don't know if you've, wow. been, if you've been up Highway 101. Um, yeah. And she put in some teaching applications there. And I was like, oh, dude, it's only like 20 miles from the coast. Like, no no worries. Um, didn't realize there was a coastal mountain range in between. And we pulled into Soledad and there was literally a tumbleweed going across the road. And, and I was <laughs> like, where is it? What are we doing? Like, And so... We ended up landing on the coast, Monterey first, uh, well, Pacific Grove to be specific, and then um, ended up in Santa Cruz a couple of years after that. I knew the surf was up here. So I'll say because that you just went from no waves at all to waves all the time. Yeah, it was pretty insane. It was uh, <laughs> quite a learning curve. The waves are quite a bit stronger out here, like a like a four foot waves, like what we would have with like an eight foot hurricane surf. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like the, the intensity of the wave. Um, but I had... I was building airplanes for a while, and so I got to surf a bunch. I just basically uh, surfed for like six months straight and got to surf all up and down Big Sur and through Monterey and Moss Landing. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a killer, killer move. What about you, Groms? What's your story? You guys both surf, dive, fish? Yeah, we've been doing that basically for a while. I kind of got into surfing when I was eight, and fishing we started doing in Florida when we were like two, three I don't even like remember the first time I went, but there's like pictures of me with little red fish when like I'm like literally probably two feet tall. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's so sick. Lana, what about you? Um, I've been surfing since I was, I don't know, six. Yeah. Yeah. Six in Florida. <laughs> in Florida. Um and I've been fishing since Basically, when basically, since I could hold the rod. No way. What's your favorite thing to do? Fish, surf. My favorite thing to do is probably fish. That's right. What about everybody else? Do you guys like surfing, fishing, or diving more? Um, it's like pretty close between. I I think I prefer fishing, but surfing is just something that we got to do. I got to do a lot more because we're so yeah. close to the ocean. There's always really waves here, so. I like fishing a lot. I like fishing like a lot, a lot. And I like surfing yeah. a lot too. But definitely I think fishing is my favorite. Fishing's pretty sick. But you guys kind of get to surf every single day. That's how I am down here. It's like we always have waves. Yeah, if we wanted to, we could surf. We could find somewhere to surf every single day. Because it's just, there's always some place that's breaking. But a lot of the times it's just, you like need a break. Because you surf like when it's really good for like two weeks. And then you kind of get that off couple days and then that you have to kind of take that to just chill out so you can go for the next couple weeks when the surf's back yeah what are some of your favorite waves up there to surf so i like going to pleasure point 
there's a bunch yeah. of like pleasure points. Like it's like three quarters of a mile long. There's the hook, first peak, sewers. Those are the main spots that I surf up there. And then there's a lot of other spots like 38th and stuff that are more for like longboarders. So there's yeah. like the shortboard peaks and then there's like spots for longboarders to go. So it's not that kind of um, like battle for waves. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you still obviously get long borders that go out to the shortboard spots, but it's like pretty, it's a lot pretty organized. Are you guys all uh, shortboarders or do you longboard too? So, I mean, Lana likes to wave storm and stuff. Yeah. I'll wave storm. Yes. We mostly, <laughs> we mostly shortboard. I, I, like, I like to shortboard and then I go when it's like small and I go with my friends and we just like longboard and whatever. Like finless. That's rad. Yeah, stuff. finless longboard. It's like just mess around. And I'm done with longboards. I, uh, growing up in Cocoa Beach, there was every year it, we had like the doldrums of summer where it would go flat before hurricane season and just be hot and... We'd be out riding like six inch waves, and if I never touch another longboard, I couldn't be more stoked. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> against it. I mean, it's it's a great art, but it's just I'm I'm you know it's not my jam. What about big wave boards? You guys got a lot of swell out there. Yeah, we do. So what, before I had kids, I was uh, I was on the chase a little bit more um, yeah. than now. But um, basically, these guys are kind of riders just gotten to the point 13 years old he's just kind of conquered uh his his local waters where he's no longer nervous when he gets to the eight to nine foot range um yeah which is which is pretty awesome you know at his age um and i'm proud of him for that he's starting to finally pull into the backside you know backdoor barrels <laughs> and stuff um and it's cool to see him see him kind of pushing it um that's lana's right. lana's still you know she she loves being in the water but when it gets over Foot. Yeah, six foot. She's starting to get a little more timid. And and yeah. to my demise, kind of when Ryder wanted to start surfing, he, you know, they had been in the water surfing a bunch since they were kids. But I didn't want to push it because it was really important to me that they surfed. Um, so I kind of took a complete hands off approach and, and didn't even really talk with them about it. And finally, one day on the beach, Ryder was like, uh, hey, how come we don't surf? And I was like, well, I surf, you know, you just haven't chosen to surf yet. And he's like, well, I'm going to start, you know, and, so he was yeah. eight, and he didn't really possess the shoulder strength and, and kind of to paddle in. And our waves out here, with being as crowded as they are, <clears throat> I would have to take Lana and him um, kind of into the lineup. And so we had this, like, weird setup. I took one of those Costco uh, sushis, those little 5-8 things. and threw yes, some, those are sick. Threw some boogie board fins on, and I would take Lana on that on the front because at that time she was only six. And then I would yeah. take Ryder out and Ryder was like kind of pushing, you know, what his limits were. And so six, seven foot, you know, and I'd be pushing him in on the shoulder. And um, but subsequently, Lana didn't do a lot of work. So she got super cold and yeah. kind of turned her off to it because we'd be out there for like 10 minutes. And she'd be like, Daddy, I'm cold. And I'd be like, honey, we just got in the lineup. Like, we got to get at least 10 waves for Ryder. Like, and then we'll go in. And and, you know, she had fun because we'd take the bombs at like. You know, we'd push him into a shoulder and then we'd paddle super deep because it was like a boogie board. And I'd just drop in and just get super pitted. And <laughs> she'd be getting barreled <laughs> on the front, just screaming, you know, and then she wasn't cold for a few minutes. Um, That's but, so sweet. Yeah, she's, she's uh, building up. And... You're coming out. <laughs> Ryder, do you have any drive to go surf Mavericks or like OB or any big surf like that? And uh, Not really. What about you, Lana? No. No. Oh, you guys got to froth up. I know you guys got it in you. I mean, I'd like. I'm this winter. I'm thinking about just surfing it when it like gets like the biggest it gets here. 
Yeah. But I don't really feel like Mavericks is really my thing. I mean, a lot of people are motivated to do that, but it's just like I like surfing, but I don't really want to put in like that much commitment and like kind of yeah. it's kind of a lot of risk. And I don't really yeah. feel like that. I'm like it's kind of one of those things where it's like risk versus reward. What are you going to get out of it? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they hear a lot of stories from me. Um, I don't know if you know, but I'm a deputy up there at the harbor of oh, okay. Mavericks. Um, so I do all the search and rescue around the RWC yep. program. Um, and so they kind of hear me talk about it and, and kind of the guys that get uh, tangled up that maybe on soft tops that shouldn't be out there. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we get pretty good surf. You know, we get like uh, the middle peak at steamers that gets pretty yeah. big. I mean, kind he of, here. yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of some waves that if he wants to push it, he can, he can kind of go for it. But that kind yeah. of, as you know, being involved in the game, that jump from that to big wave surfing has to be a focus in your life. And mm-hmm. for when you, when you look at like junior lifeguarding is kind of one of both of their, uh, they're kind of following that track. And then all the other activities with the fishing and everything else, it's hard to really dedicate yourself while they do overlap, you know, paddling and distance paddling and everything um, to really put it in and really chase it. It's, it's a big time commitment. You know, I mean, you got a good luck holding down a job. I mean, yeah. Swell comes yeah. That, no, totally hundred percent. And that's super rad. I'm actually a lifeguard here too oh, nice. uh, during the summertime. So uh, do you work for the state parks? No, so I work for the county of San Mateo, and I work for the okay. Harbor District, and we're basically Harbor Patrol. Rad, dude. That's super cool. That's that's super amazing that you do that, and it's super cool for you, Groms, to be able to have that in your background, you know? Like, yeah. water safety and the stories that your dad gets to tell you about is really, really something that you should think about, too. I mean, yeah. long-term. When I'm serving, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable because yeah. it kind of tells me, like, what he's in and stuff like when he's doing a rescue like what like how it was and stuff and i feel like compared to that it's like whenever i'm really scared out there it like he tells me a lot and i've like about how to stay safe and like yeah how to read the ocean really well and so i feel a lot more comfortable now when i'm like out when it's pretty big instead of being feeling like that nervous like where you think oh if i if i fall then i'm gonna get really pounded in the impact zone and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back out. And now I like kind of feel more comfortable. Like I know I'm going to be able to get back out. It's just going to like be a matter of taking a couple sets on the head, but yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's rad. Yeah. It's all good. Taking sets on the head's good. I I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in his young twenties, he starts to chase the bigger waves. You know, it's kind of that natural progression. I mean, if you think back, I would imagine we haven't got to know each other too well yet, but you know, you probably had a, a time where you were building up and kind of, and then all of a sudden the light went off and yeah. you're like, dude, I can do this. And and it is fun. Um, I have not surfed Mavs. Um, the time when I started up there, it was starting to get pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And so where my threshold was for, for Mavs, which is the 20 to 25 foot range, um, there's 200 guys in the lineup. And so it's crazy. Was, yeah. So I was like, well, why would I go spend, you know, six, seven, eight hours a full day when I can go to Moss Landing or Ocean Beach and I can surf that same yeah. size surf and I can have it basically to myself. There's, I mean, there's not many guys that can paddle out if they can't find a rip. How good is Ocean Beach? That place is magical. But yes, like you said, nobody can paddle out. It takes me like an hour to paddle out and I've been there so many times. Yeah. Have you ever, uh, have you ever been around Moss Landing? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So I, I ended up, I worked at the Harbor there and I was kind of running the show uh, there for a few years 
and um, used to surf a bunch. I, we had just moved out here and I kind of found that wave and <clears throat> being from uh, the East Coast, you know, I was familiar with kind of beach breaks and how they worked and rips and, you know, it's my line of work. And so, I mean, I was always undergunned. I was always surfing huge surf on like a six, eight, <laughs> just, That's you right. know, dropping in super late and, and being young and taking my lickings. But I mean, I really, I love Moss Landing and I, I do want to get Ryder down there. But again, as you know, um, Ocean Beach is kind of, that's the big brother to Moss, which is kind of the little brother in our little section of coast. Yeah, I think I think Ocean Beach is one of those those spots that's just so like if you don't know how to read the water and read where the next you know rip's gonna be, like you're just getting pounded for like an hour straight. Yeah, and you can still you can still read the rip perfectly well and be like, oh, I'm gonna paddle out right here, and then you go out and next thing you know, there's a twenty footer on your head, and you're like, dude, now I just got smoked by five or six waves in a row and then there's another set it's gnarly there yeah and you know what's really intense is there's nowhere for the water to go it's so shallow like where it breaks and you know i mean it just that you're on the bar all of a sudden and it's yeah four four to six foot deep and it's a rodeo like i mean unless you're in you kind of your path and really getting used to that kind of stuff um it's it's a beating uh pretty pretty substantial you know i've had a had a few (laughs) yeah I don't think you guys realize though, like how lucky you are to live up there though, because for us, we have to drive up there to be able to get those beatings. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> all the big waves I've surfed have been up there or down in Mexico somewhere like Puerto Escondido or Toto Santos, or I go up to Oregon and stuff, but you guys have that power and the energy. There's nothing blocking those swells from you guys. So you guys really get to feel that energy. So you'll come down here and you'll be like, Oh, these waves are a joke. You know what I mean? Like, there's really good waves, but they're kind of, they're mediocre to what you guys get to surf. Steamer Lane, all those waves, they all have energy. So it's super rad to be able to talk to the Groms right now because you guys are really growing up in a spot that is super powerful and your dad knows all this water safety and everything like that. And it's super, super important to remember that. And you get to live and grow up in that type of environment, which is super amazing. So you're going to grow up in 10 years from now, probably like your dad said, oh yeah, my friend invited me to go surf Mavericks. Okay, cool. Yeah, go ahead. He's going to feel comfortable with it. You're going to feel comfortable with it. And you're going to go out and absolutely crush it. You're the new generation. It's insane. That's what's cool about living here is like a two foot wave here is like the equivalent of like a four foot wave somewhere else because Mm -hmm. it's just that power. And like, it's, it's like, we went to the outer banks and it was like pretty good and it was barreling. And I went out and I was a little bit scared and I yeah. went on one and I fell and I like barely got thrown over the falls. And then I like <laughs> popped right back up and it was like, I was surprised at how much mushier it was compared to like here, like a wave that isn't even barreling will pound you like almost twice as hard. During the winter time too, there's such long period swells. Like yeah. you go to the outer banks, all these are hurricane swells. Like all the East coast swells are so fast. It's only like two days. Yeah. There are obviously you get those like big swells that'll like work you. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like that doesn't apply all the time. But it's just cool to have like these kind of powerful waves that you get used to, so you kind of feel over like very confident at other spots. Exactly. So you guys fish too. Where what kind of species of fish are you guys going for up there? Uh so here we go for king salmon, halibut, lingcod, rockfish. That's like all offshore stuff, like. Mostly, and then we also fly fish, and we go fish for rainbow trout and brook trout, and trout in the Sierras and stuff. Have you guys ever got brook trout? Yeah. No way. Yeah, we went. We went backpacking this summer, and 
like up to Devil's Bathtub. It's like up in this. What part of the Sierras? Well, it's down your neck of the woods, just inland. Yeah. So it's inland of Clovis, okay. kind of up in that like Five um, east, uh, western, southern kind of Sierras. Yeah, it's like a yeah. five-mile hike to like 10,000-foot elevation. Beautiful country. Lana, are you into fishing? Yes. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> she likes it just as much as like any of us. It's like all, it's not one person likes it and the other people go along. It's everyone likes it like just as much. And when we go fishing, a lot of times it's fighting over who gets to fish this spot because there's <laughs> fish there. And it's like, are you guys competitive against one. each other? Um, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like, kind of. Like, we both want to catch like, the biggest fish or and like, the most yeah. fish <laughs> or the most fish of there or the biggest fish of they but like yeah we still like support each other and stuff like we want it's, each other to catch fish we don't, it's friendly competition yeah we don't want one person to catch like seven fish and one person to catch zero so <laughs> do you guys have a boat yeah we have a, well, you know more than me about the boat so. yeah we've got a 35 foot black fin sport fisher so what? I, yeah, I picked it up a few years ago. Um, got it all set up for charters and and ran. Had a good couple uh, couple years, and actually got busier than I wanted to be. Um, I commercial fished for years when these guys were fairly new in the world, and uh, did that for quite a while. and And it was a very successful business, but um, kind of realized that I was coming home and disciplining and and not being present. Um, yeah. So I elected to get out of that. That was kind of my moonlighting gig. You know, I worked four tens, and so I was doing that on the side and um, fishing Dungeness crab and stuff. And so didn't have a boat for a few years, and kind of got the itch again. I, I've always had boats um, my entire life. So we found a black fin, and um, it was a wreck. And so I went through and did everything, rebuilt it, and and basically got it going. Um, subsequently, COVID hit, and we kind of got shut down. And then this past year. We got to fish half the year if we wanted to. I elected not to run trips um, for the rest of that year and just kind of be involved with them and really hit the fly stuff and kind of get them proficient on, on that angle of uh, the fishing game. Um, but this next season starts in March of 22. Um, we're going to start fishing again, and Ryder's going to deckhand for me. So that'll be pretty cool to get to fish, you know, and, and kind of learn the trade and, you know, um, kind of see me as a, as a, in the captain's role and I'll pair him up with one of my good deckhands who's super fishy and have my deckhand kind of teach him how to deckhand. Um, that way we get to enjoy kind of the father son relationship. And then eventually he'll uh, start working the deck on his own once he's, once he's really proficient and can handle, you know, six anglers at a time. How often are you guys on the boat? Um, not as much as you'd think. Um, you know, I work up the boat, I keep it at the harbor I work at. And so, you know, that boat, if it's not fishing, it's, you know, it's going backwards into the red. Um, so it's, we, we're going up and staying on it quite a bit for a while. Um, and now we don't, we don't fish on it as much as we should. And that's why he wants to start deckhanding because he wants to get some more time on it. Um, yeah, we've, you know, I grew up kind of shore fishing when I was younger up until I was about 18 and could get my first boat. Um, so I'm fairly proficient at catching good sized fish from, from beaches, lakes, streams, whatever, you know, whatever you have. Um, so that's pretty rad. That's sick. What kind of fish are you catching when you're commercial fishing? So when I was commercial fishing out here, uh, it was King salmon, halibut, okay. cod, uh, Dungeness crab, which is a trap fishery. Um, and then some open access rockfish, Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the King salmon. Um, many of your viewers don't know King salmon 
is a hook and line fishery. So it's not a net fishery. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by hook and line is we still use hydraulic, basically what would be like a hydraulic fishing reel um, that's got wire on it. And then we have leaders that are 20 to 30 foot that are snapped into that at, at preset depths. And so we might run 40 to 50 different leaders. And so when you're running that wire up, when you, when you finally realize you have a fish, you actually hand fight that fish uh, to the boat with just the leader. Um, and it was interesting coming from the East Coast. You know, I had, I had worked on charter boats and, you know, kind of been around boats my whole life. And man, the, the first salmon I pulled in by hand um, was really something special. It's, it's super kind of primitive. And it took me back to kind of grabbing leaders on big game fish offshore. Uh, you, you have to be the drag, you know, there's no, you know, you got a 15, 20 pound salmon on and it's fighting for its life. And you're trying to get it to the boat, <laughs> so sick. you know, you're trying to get it to the boat cause it's a hundred dollar bill swimming in the water yeah. in, in, in essence, you know, and you know, you got sea lions out there and they're trying to get the salmon off the line from you because they can't catch them just free swimming. And, you know, it was really, it, it was something that I really enjoyed while I did it. Um, it just takes yeah. a tremendous amount of time and he's gone know, for so long when he does it like he used to not even be here when he would do that so yeah you have yeah. to yeah. Kind of you have to trip fish it because you want to go until the boat's full and yeah you know we uh it just wasn't worth the amount of time i was putting out away from the kids i just i wasn't going to be around and you know you, you only get one shot at, at life here and you know it just wasn't worth the money you know i wanted to have the time with the kids while they were young that's pretty rad though fishing's fun that's for sure. Ryder, you recently paddled across the bay for cystic fibro- fibrosis, right? Yeah. Talk to me about that. Um, well, I was super I was super psyched about that because it was a really big personal achievement and like goal because we live right here and like every day we can when I we go to the beach, you can just look across the bay and you see Monterey and yeah. like well, my dad did it. He did it 2 years ago. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. Like, I I was thinking about doing that. And I didn't really know I was going to do it until probably about, like, five or six months before when I really made the decision. And I was like, okay, I want to do it this year. Because when you're making a decision that's something, like, that big, that's going to take that much work, it's, like, hard to really commit to it. But so when we finally, like, actually committed to it, like, I just trained a bunch surfed as much as I could and then paddled when I wasn't surfing and that got me ready for it. That's rad. What kind of board were you paddling? So it was a bark commander and it was 12 foot. So one of the prone boards. Yes. Nice. Lana, do you do that at all? Um, yeah, I paddle sometimes in my free time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. She usually just paddles yeah. like with her friends. <laughs> sometimes they take out, we have like these we have a foam ghost rider, yeah. a Buell ghost rider, and then we have a P2P longboard, rescue longboard, that they just usually take out and they'll paddle like, they'll paddle like a mile. We, yeah, and, we paddle like from my house, we all meet down in like Capitola and we paddle to like the point sometimes, mostly the hook and we get it go and there's like, we have like a spot that's like right on the other side, like it's not that far. Um, we, it's like, but there's like a wall right there and like a little wave breaks on it. So we all and like go and like paddle and like catch them on our knees and like. That's pretty sick. Yeah, they're able to paddle to a little pocket beach and, and there's hardly any 
anybody over there. There's never no way. There. So it's like a little private beach. Yeah. You either have to you, paddle, you like can't... sup over there, or swim. Yeah, like you can't no walk there. Yeah. What does the water get up to in the summertime? We're uh, only sixty. Sixty. <laughs> oh like my the... goodness! Dude, that's you're like still wearing in... a four three. That's like when we're in junior guards and we're like, because junior guards is like you basically have to wear you have to wear board shorts, otherwise it's like you're kind of like considered almost a kook because <laughs> right. like when the I mean unless the water's freezing, some kids wear spring suits, but it's like it's almost like it's like a rule, but it's like not like technically a rule. Yeah, I know so what you're saying. Like, you basically like you're wearing board shorts in the water when it's like. 55 and so when it's 60 we're like all happy because it's like you can actually be in there and not feel like you're gonna like freeze oh man Ryder, do you eventually want to be a lifeguard um yeah i'm thinking about it it's just another like opportunity um, absolutely maybe like a com- i'm we're thinking about like competitive lifeguarding yeah. for like the u.s team and stuff that's just like something that we're considering it's just there's a bunch of opportunities and we're just kind of like Thinking about them just like ahead of time before we really have to make any decisions. So do you guys ever like spearfish up there or is the water pretty gnarly? Yeah. Um, well, we spearfish sometimes, but the visibility is really, really bad. It's like green, brown water. Yeah, and like the best like visibility that. you get is like 15 to 20 foot. And that's like when you're like, oh, it's clear. I can almost see the bottom. I can see the kelp in the water. Do you, are you not scared of sharks? Not really. So we have Dude. a we have a little known phenomenon going on up here. Um, the last El Nino, we got some uh, some some big predators got kind of trapped in our bay. Um, oh and boy! They're not able to swim out of here, and the I'm waters. sure you're familiar with it. Um, but for the listeners who aren't, basically the water's too cold for them to kind of migrate out of the area until they get up to that like 15, 16 foot size, and they can be uh, they can tolerate that cold a little more. Um, so we've watched. Uh, Quite a few white sharks kind of grow up. They started at like, you know, four to six foot, and now they're in the 10 to 12 foot range. Yeah, you um, see like big, big sharks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's like Oregon. I don't like that. I hate that. It's pretty crazy. Um, I used to surf the beaches a lot, kind of in the bay, you know, just to escape the crowd. Sometimes you just go out there and can clear your mind. You can find a little beach peak um, all to yourself. And yeah. now it's just patrolled pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, yeah. by the landlord and and so these guys i, I kind of keep them up on the point on the uh, inside of the kelp line i'm not super hip and even when they paddle uh, like when we were training we'll go o- offshore out of the kelp and do some mm. distance um, but i don't want them paddling out there solo we had a we had a local kid got bumped pretty substantially um on his oh, paddle gosh. don't tell me this I'm never going to come surf up there again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we see a lot of them, and, and for the numbers of people in the water, you know, they're just not interested. They're they're still kind of, basically, they're here eating uh, stingrays off the bottom and halibut. Um, and when they kind of, they make that switch at the, that 14 to 15 foot range where they, they switch over to bigger um, predators, the, the sea lions and, and stuff like that. And yeah. But then at that point, they're kind of able to swim away and, and get out to the feral lawns. Yeah. And, yeah, there's just... They- there's so much food here that they really don't have any reason to leave. And like the warm water, it's like, it's like the water in the bay is a a lot of times like five degrees warmer than the water just up here, just like a couple miles from it because it's like a lot more protected and like not a lot of that cold water gets in there. They also like, they, 
they don't really go in the surf spots. They kind of stay at a beach like New Brighton. There's uh, the cement, we call it whatever, the cement ship. There, it's like a sunken ship off the end of like um, a wharf. They sunk it to make like yeah. It's an old ship, and they sunk it, and they put like a restaurant on it. But yeah. then it like then just it, got like, hammered, and so it, it like collapsed. It, it basically <laughs> collapsed and broke in half. So now yeah. it's just closed off. So but, but there's like there's that's like, like the main shark spot. Like they have like helicopter shark tours that fly around. And no like, way. People yeah. go in helicopters and like. Let's go dive there. That'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. The, uh, they run. They actually run boat trips. Like it's so. There's so many. I, I'm not even joking that they they run wow. charter trips. Uh, they call them shark tours, and you can literally go and and it's kind of funny. But the boats are like sometimes like 200 feet behind the kelp, right at our house. You know, and and they're oh, you, you know goodness. when they stop moving, they're on one, and you're kind of like wow, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you we I'll definitely have... had some thoughts about that when we you know you paddle across the bay and you know you're oh dude, you're, it'd you're, be in back of my mind the whole time. Yeah, we, my kind of thought was like, hey, let's just get off the beach. Let's get the first kind of four miles, you know, and, and get out over that deeper water. And then, you know, we kind of cruise control, so to speak. Um, yeah. yeah. But it was, you know, that paddle was killer. We, He got bumped <laughs> by something off of Monterey at Point Joe. It was pretty deep. And, and I, I'm not sure. I was pretty tired at that point. We had been paddling for like eight and a half hours or eight oh hours or gosh. something by that point. And um, I saw something behind him and I was like hey paddle up here and he's like what'd you see what'd you see and I guess my eyes were you know bigger than normal and I was like nothing buddy let's just keep going <laughs> you know just keep that's moving right. forward that's all you can do how long have you guys been a part of salt life so growing up fishing and, and surfing you know my background is you know I grew up in Florida and we grew up poor um and I was lucky enough that we were house poor, you know, we, we, my parents bought into an area that was, it was a barrier Island. It's only uh, four blocks wide. My house was right in the center of it. Um, and, and it was just, it was a killer upbringing, but, you know, looking around and it, it was just, when I look at these guys and like, how do you introduce them to the industry and, and like get them in there? I really wanted them around companies that were, you know, good people that, yeah. that they could look up to and learn from, you know, and, and kind of get going now so that, you know, as they get older, they've kind of already got that backing and that steam. If it's, if it's a passion that they want to follow, you know, exactly. I, mean, I didn't have anybody to show me kind of the way. Um, and you know, when I grew up, I fished out of necessity, um, not so much that I had to fish for food, but that it went flat, <laughs> you know, yeah. there were huge chunks of time. And, and if it goes flat on a barrier Island, like what do you do? You go fishing. And so when I was eight years old, we used to just swim across the channels you know, and kind of wade the river and fish and, <laughs> so you know, sick. you'd have alligators and bull sharks and all kinds of stuff, you know, um, different types of snakes and, and stuff that you had to deal with. And, but it was like a Huck Finn type life. And, you know, it was just something, you know, everything I have in, in life is from fishing or surfing. I mean, er, literally yeah. everything I have and it's, you know, the bonds you make with people over the years are, are those bonds that are going to really last. I mean, you know, I've still got a core group of friends that I grew up fishing with and, and they're, they're my boys, you know? And so, yeah, sorry, That's getting long winded, but you know, I wanted these guys to kind of, I was really selective and I knew Salt Life kind of was a, a good company and um, I was stoked to put them with Salt Life and we were so stoked to finally, you know, get on and officially make it official a few months ago. That's so rad. I love that. <laughs> Well, I don't want to keep you guys all night long. You guys already look tired. The Groms are ready for bed. 
<laughs> this time change sucks, dude. I've been going to bed at like eight o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock every night. Yeah, yeah same. But, I, but I've been waking up early. It's so sick. I'm waking up at like five a.m. Fired up to go surf. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I. That's the only thing is like since we have school and it starts at, we basically have to leave here at eight twenty. Yeah. I mean, it's a late start, so I could surf in the morning if I really wanted to, but it's that's like, sick. You have to get up really early, and you have to, you basically have to like have like a ton of commitment to go. So yeah. I've been just ending up surfing a lot. Like if it's not great, I'll just go after school from like three thirty to five, and then that's the only thing though is I'm like annoyed that it gets dark so early. Because then it's like it's I gotta go out and catch five waves and then have to come in. So, ah, <laughs> we still have the best life ever. Yeah. 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 We're, we're really blessed. I mean, the area we live is killer. I mean, we have fishing spear, like you said, spear fishing. We do get our days. Uh, he, he said it's, you know, visibility, but, um, we started targeting halibut this last year. We can do it right at 38th on the inside. Um, and the last day we went, we had like, what, like four or five foot viz. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't see the tip of the, <laughs> you couldn't That's see the so spear rad. and, by the time you'd see the fish, they'd be swimming away off the bottom. Yeah. But you still, we still got to see them, which is a cool thing in itself. But it's like, it was just kind of that like tedious, like, and then you're like thinking back and you're thinking, oh, you could have shot it. But then there's really no possible way that you could have because by the time you see it, they're already gone. They're already gone. Yeah. Yeah, so spearfishing spear up here, as you know, you, I mean, look at the team. Look at Ryder and what that guy's yeah. doing in, in the water. He's, he's insane. You've been, too. I, I know you're, yeah. you're into it. Um, but you get up here, and the water's quite a bit colder. So yeah. to expose these guys to it, I kind of had to wait until there, there was that tolerance. Um, you know, even with a hood and everything else, it's, it's cold on your face. Oh, it's freezing. Yeah, and you've got all that, that extra rubber on, right? You're wearing gloves now, booties, fins. Weight belt, you got knives, uh, and then you know he's on the pole spear, and he's going to earn his uh, his gun. He's not going to get a gun uh, right away just to get fish. Um, I am going to push him to to pole spear for quite a while. Um, That's he gets, sick. I, I want to see him. The kind of the benchmark I haven't told him yet is if he can bag a, you know if he can bag a good size fifteen pound uh, halibut with his pole spear. Then I'm going to move him up to a gun, but that's kind of the benchmark. What? Yeah. Hey, Dad, Dude, you're on. <laughs> the hunting game is on. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, but it, so Lana's, you know, she'll snorkel and, and cruise around and she's getting comfortable in the water, but to dive yeah. down, you know, and, and actually get comfortable with weights on, you know, just it's time in the water, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she dives down with the snorkel gear, but you know you're fighting, you know all that foam and yeah, exactly. And, you know, we uh we would love, I would love to get Ryder down there with you guys. Oh my gosh, the the bluefin thing is just, dude, I I've never seen it that good in my whole entire life. This year was the best I've ever seen it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, we've been getting crazy. them up here. In fact, a buddy of mine got one yesterday, and and wow, it, it's just. I, I hope it's a thing. Um, I, I know you guys get them down there. You might have to run further. But yeah. for, for us, it was kind of like last year they came in. All of a sudden, my, my buddy's like, dude, I saw bluefin jumping. And I'm like, dude, you didn't see bluefin jumping. Like, you know, and he's like, no, right in front of the harbor. And he's a pretty fishy dude. And uh, we went the next, uh, well, one of my buddies called me. And he's like, dude, what do you know about bluefin? And I was like, well, I grew up catching them on the East Coast. Like, let's go. I'll, I'll pick through some gear and we'll try to put something together. Um, we ended up seeing jumpers, got in the area, um, and we had big fish that year. They were 150 pounders last year that the kind of the school wow. was in here. Um, 200 pounds too. Yeah. We had some that were up in the, the twos. Um, 
And so we hooked one, broke it off, or it just came unpinned. It seems like it's every single time. You hook yeah, it, yeah. broken off. Hook it, broken off. It was crazy. We, uh, I had set the drag on the reel and from the strike to kind of the fighting. And I, by the time I got down on the deck and kind of had passed the rod down, it was the high flyer way out the back, you know, kind of the standard deal when you're trolling. Um, and it got, yeah. it got pinged. And by the time I had crawled out of the fly bridge and got down, they were like cranking the drag or they flipped it into, <laughs> into second speed, like the low yeah. speed. And they were just yeah. like, Rah! and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, no, 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 no. And it, it pulled and, um, it's all good. You know, at, at the end of the day, we got that, we got that one on the high flyer way out the back and what, like three hours later. No, yeah, it like, took another three hours. Yeah, and then but, we, we pinned one on a Rapala right off the corner um, on the lightest rod on the boat, of yeah. course. You know, 50-pound uh, test and 80-pound leader that had been on the boat for, what, five, seven years yeah. or something? In the sense. <laughs> old, old line, and we were able to get it up, and uh, yeah. and we got it done. You know, and they all got they got chances to, to pull on it and kind of see the power, which was cool. Not really, though, because, yeah. like, I, I could do it for, like, I did it for about five minutes, but by... It's like so strong that like you can't you can't tell when you're watching a video, but when you're actually like fighting it, it's like insane how strong that fish is. Oh and it's yeah, like five minutes, and I was like literally couldn't even do another crank yeah. on the reel. I think I got like three full cranks before it almost <laughs> pulled me overboard. <laughs> yeah, that's but you know, so like you guys, you we. We didn't expect, I kind of, I was like, oh, that's one and done. You know, like we got it, like killer. I'm, I'm stoked they got to pull on one. You know, that's, check that off your list. We got one on the boat. You got to see it, take pictures with it. We got to eat it. Um, but, uh, you know, this year they showed up again. And what we've seen now, I don't, you guys were jigging on them pretty, pretty hard this year, I think, right? Yeah. Like the small, the micro jigs. Yeah. Um, up here, we were trolling mackerel, or I say we, uh, my close friends that were trying to get me on the boat, were trolling uh, live mackerel. And what they yeah. found is they were running them at like 100 foot um, depth. Wow. And, and they were pinning them pretty consistently. I've got one friend that he he really put in some, he put in like 20 days. And then he finally just, he found them and really got it kind of dialed in. And he put a lot of time in. And so, um, yeah, it's cool. I'm kind of hoping that they're here, you know, for the years to come. It would well, be so killer. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Tell them about that. When we were doing the bay paddle, like one of the coolest parts is we were paddling and he saw one come out of the water like a, a few, like maybe like 100, 200 feet away. And he was like, oh, Ryder, look. And I like looked and then I went back and literally probably 25 feet away from me, I saw like this ring of bait came out of the water, like about like this big. And then these two bluefin just came like flying out of the water after the bait. And it's That's like sick. that. And then like literally 10 seconds later you see them and they're like 300 feet away from you they just move so fast like they were there and by the yeah, time i was like oh there was fish there like they're like gone yeah they're super gnarly they're so fast they're always moving so yeah now did you try to shoot one this year yeah i tried to shoot one i uh so we we were using rod and reel and then uh my buddy had a, a gun on his boat we were probably like not even 30 miles out it was, it was just stupid. There were foamers everywhere. So I had him drop me in and I swam down and I was just so starstruck. There were like almost a thousand bluefin just going around me. I was just under the water with the gun, just looking at tuna, just, oh my gosh, this is the gnarliest thing ever. So I shot at one and it, it penetrated it, but it didn't go all the way through and missed him. That was it. That was my only shot that I took at a bluefin. I shot some yellowtail and stuff, but mm -hmm. Dude, those bluefin are just gnarly. I don't know how Ryder and Cameron Kirkconnell and all those guys get so many bluefin. 
it's so nice. Dude, it's such an art, you know, and it's it's yeah. cool. I haven't uh, speared a lot of pelagics. It's it's been more like near coastal stuff, um, and and I'm always like, it just the opportunity hasn't presented itself. You know, I've I've freed yeah. over my whole life, um, and I was doing it a bunch before these guys were born down in Big Sur. Um, but man, I, what an experience you had just to be able to see that, to like dive and just look at those fish. It's like, you know, I, I've often thought like what you, what I would do in that situation. And like, how do you pick the one, (laughs) you know, it's like, you're, you're sitting there with your gun and like, you don't even know where to put it. Like you just wait for him to swim in front of you. Like it's, you know, pretty amazing. Yeah. Stoked. You got to do that. That's awesome. So fun. Are you guys big on social media? Do you guys have Instagram and stuff? Yeah. So the kids well, we don't have phones. I guess that's I should just say no. That is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> okay, everybody that's listening to it right now, learn from the best father right there. Um, that's that's amazing. amazing. I don't know about that. I just, you know, I grew up without phones and so did you. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a big portion of your life that changes as soon as you have that piece of technology in your hand. Yeah. And so Ryder is now in eighth grade and, and he's, you know, he made the push a few like a year ago, he really, he was last one of his friends. He was like, look, even my, even our friends that are conservative, their, their kids have phones. And I was like, look, buddy, like, you know, I, I just want you to know that as soon as we make that jump, there's a piece of your childhood that's lost. Like it's gone, yeah. you know, and, and you're going to have your whole life to be an adult. And, you know, like, let's just hold off for a while. And thank God, um, <laughs> Apple products came out with a watch that's a standalone um, so he's got a watch, he's got his own phone number, but it basically yeah. is, is for texting and getting, you know, like, Hey, let's go surf here. All right, cool. And he's, he's part of the text without That's having perfect. The social media. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah, it really the, is. This thing right here is the stupidest invention ever. Yeah. I'm so over it. I mean, I, like it's cool. Whatever we post on social media and stuff and people get to see our lives, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. You're completely right. And you know, so do we have social media? Yes. Um, I'm, I was just trying to give you guys a shout out. Yeah. All right, no, that's all I was trying to do. No, no. And I'm super stoked. Um, at, Bu- <laughs> <laughs> it's at buggy whip kids. Uh, they do have their own Instagram page. Um, I narrate it and let them kind of respond so that I can kind of, you know, edit information or, or if, you know, something offensive comes in, I can, you know, shut it down. Um, yeah. and so, they get, they do have their own page. I kind of show them like, Hey, you want to post this picture from this weekend? Or, Hey, I posted this picture. Like, what do you guys think? Like, you know, and, and most of the time they're cool with it and they kind of just have to trust that, you know, we know what's best. Um, yeah. so it's, it's cool. I, I was never really into the social media thing. Um, I was always kind of posting once I got hooked up with salt life all those years ago, I would post to my, my private page, um, but I'm super selective with that. And I'm sure you have one too. And it's more like for the family and, you know, yeah. um, the crew and, and then, you know, people will hit me up and, you know, um, I either accept or don't. And it, no offense if I don't accept, I, I, I don't mean that bad. I just, I try to really keep it at a, at a small, um, small number. It's so just that it's so manageable. much better that way. You know, it's that so much better. Yeah. And, you know, and so they have their public, you know, kind of account and, uh, yeah. and that's what we're using for promotions for them and kind of people to keep up with them. Um, but yeah, man, if we can hold off as long as we can, I'd, I'd be stoked. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Soul surfers right there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. It was super fun. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You guys are going to grow up to be frothers. I love it. (laughs) You got big surf and a lot of energy up there. 
Thank yeah, you. thanks for having us, man. It's awesome you. meeting you. And uh, these guys were like pretty, they were nervous. I was like, oh, don't worry, man. He's just going to talk with you. Like he's, he's a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, it's easy. So when you get up it's here, um, when you get up here, hit me up. You got my number. Um, look me yeah. up when you're at Mavs if you ever need anything, leashes or anything. And, uh, you know, Ryder and we'll, we'll go for a surf or something. Show you. Get yeah, you dude, there. I'm 100% down. Maybe I'll bring my jet ski up. We can go uh, try to tow some waves somewhere. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> we're into yeah. it. Like, we're, we're into the adventure, whatever it is. If it's, uh, if it's, salty or or fun like we're we're all in you know it's it's a ton of fun man perfect rad thanks guys thank, thank you. you man nice meeting you yeah you too thanks everybody for listening in to above and blow and we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to above and below a salt life podcast make sure to follow us on instagram at real salt life if you've enjoyed this podcast rate and review us on apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word stay salty you